You ought to just praise him. Uh, there's a power bigger than me when I'm facing the enemy. Friend, when you know the God that you serve, when you look back and you realize how he's been there over and over and over again, whenever you face the enemy, you realize there's a, there's a power bigger than me. I'm not going into this by myself. This is not something I've got to do on my own. Oh, the Lord is my strength. <laughs> you know, I think about little old David, just a kid, you know. One day he gets called up to the house. Hey, there's a prophet here who wants to pour some oil on your head. David has no idea what it really means. Goes right back out to tending sheep. But David learned some things tending sheep that, that God would deliver lions and bears. And he knew who God was. He knew who he served. He knew who his protection was. And I think about when he walked out on that battlefield one day, Goliath was running his mouth. You know, scripture says he was a giant. You know, or, or such a big guy. You know, David didn't see, he didn't see a giant. He just saw victory. Yes, that's right. he, because he already knew who he served. Yes. David, you can't go out there. You're just a kid. You, this guy's been fighting since he's a kid, and you're just a kid. You, I mean, you ain't never been in anything like this. Don't matter. It might be the first time you found yourself fighting this kind of battle, but the same God that gave you victory over whatever else you've been through, he'll give you victory in this too. You don't have to think, well, I, I've never had this kind of battle going on in my life. That's all right. God can handle it. You just got to know who you serve. And when you walk out there in the middle of that thing, don't, don't look at it and say, "Woo, what a big problem. Just walk out there and say, hey, I got a big God. There's a power bigger than me when I come out to face the enemy. And if God be for you, my friend, who can be against you? Come on, give him a shout and a holler. Yeah, give him a holler. That's, that's how we do it down here. We holler. We holler to God. David said, shout. We said, holler unto God with a voice of triumph. Amounts to the same thing, I guess. I'm glad to be in his presence. And I'm glad to know who I serve. We're in a time where the world is in probably more trouble than it's ever been in. And guess what? We live in the world. If it does rain on the just and the unjust, and time and chance does happen to us all. We're going to have our share of battles and trials and fiery furnaces. But God's got a plan. You know, God doesn't, he, he never does, almost saves anybody. I was reading and studying a little bit this morning 
I'll, I'll get you to sit down in just a second. And I was thinking about that word almost. We use almost uh, as a, it's a comfort to us because, well, I almost won. Yeah, you're still lost. You're just avoiding saying what actually happened. Now, second place is the first loser. That's it. I mean, that's just how it is. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm competitive. But, you know, well, I, I almost, uh, you know, I almost made it there. I almost passed the class. Or I almost, yeah, but if you almost, almost passing is failing. You know, but, but almost makes us not feel so bad because you can almost win gold and still stand on the podium. But God doesn't almost do anything. He, yeah. do, he does it. You know, we talk about almost when things are close, and we think about, oh, boy, Daniel almost got eight. It wasn't even close because it was already in God's plan. And God wasn't even, from the beginning, was never going to allow it. It was not even close. So, no, he didn't almost get eaten. It wasn't going to happen. Well, they almost got burned up in that fire. No, they didn't because it was already in God's plan to take the heat out of, out of it for them. Let me tell you. You're not going to almost be saved. God will save you completely. He, he ain't about that almost patting yourself on the back, make you feel better because, well, I almost shouted today. Y'all go ahead and shout. Amen. Don't ever almost shout, almost pray, almost give, almost come to church. One man in the scripture said, Paul, you almost persuaded me. But Paul said, I am persuaded. So lose the almost and grab the persuasion and serve God with everything you got. I should just preach that. God's good. Thank you, baby. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Again, thank you for being here. For our visitors, God bless you. Thank you. Uh, Glad you're here with us, sure am. Love seeing people in the house of the Lord. Pray for those that are sick, those that are not here today. Ask God to touch them. Like I said, we had a great day with Brother Travis, Sister Sydney, getting married yesterday, beautiful ceremony. And I do believe this is the, the first Sunday that Mr. and Miss Walden are. Uh, so, so, yeah. Old D.W. over there. There we go. Got our new nickname already. Thankful for the Lord blessing these kids with great people. All right, Mark chapter 10, verse, verse 46 through 52. You know this story so good. They came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Many charged him he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still. Well, oh, I love that. I got to read so y'all been standing a while. And Jesus stood still, commanded them to be called, and the blind man, they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he cast away his garment, rose, and he came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee. The blind man said 
unto him. He could still talk. Couldn't see, but he could talk. It's important. Lord, he knows who he's talking to, even though he can't see him. It's important. Neither, you need to grab that principle. Just because you can't see him, you need to know who you're talking to. He said, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the way. I have preached with this title before, but I felt like it was a good title to remind us with again today. Voice, vision, and victory. Oh my goodness. How those three are connected and lead one to the other. So powerful. Let's lift our hands and pray for the message today. Jesus, we just honor you and love you so much. You're precious to us, Lord. And God, we just ask you to open our hearts and minds today. Let us realize that you've got victory for us. Let it be evident in our vision and in our voice. God, we're going to praise you for what you're going to do in this service today and what you're going to work in our lives. So bless us now, God. Bless my voice. Help me, Lord, to be able to preach today for just a little while. We praise you for these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. If you've got a voice, lift it up with a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your voice. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Lift your voice like a trumpet, it says in one place. Oh, it would be easy to look in these passages and see what Bartimaeus doesn't have. He doesn't have money. That's why he's sitting on the side of the road begging. Doesn't have a job. Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of people that, that support him wanting to get better because when he started crying out, people began to shh, shh, shh. calm down, Bartimaeus. There's many things that he did not have, but what he lacked in his natural sight, uh, he made up for with his voice and with his vision. Don't be silenced by the many who don't share your burden. Don't be silenced by the ones who don't share your desire. And don't be silenced by the ones who are not in your mess. Like you're just making trouble for crying out. Hey, man, chill out. Don't you know Jesus has come down the street? We're supposed to get real quiet and reverent. <laughs> How did he even know he was coming? Because he heard him. <laughs> he didn't see him, but he heard him. And when he heard, there was something inside of him that, that began to well up. It was not his sight, but it was his vision. He lacked sight, but he did have a vision. Proverbs 29 and 18 tells us that where there is no vision, the people perish. The word vision there is Chazon. It means a sight mentally. It means to mentally to perceive or to contemplate with joy and pleasure. So while Bartimaeus could not see Jesus, in his mind he had a vision that he could be whole. In his mind he began to get excited and to get happy. He, he had vision. He just didn't have sight. He wanted sight, but he had vision. But more than that, he had a voice. And your voice will always reflect your vision. What you think about God is what's going to come out of your mouth. 
The Bible says, hey, if you're a child of God, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. When you, uh, you know, it's got to be more than just clapping for it when we sing about it. It's got to be more than just clapping for it when we preach about it. But when you know you've got God's word down in your heart. Well, you know that you live and breathe by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Uh, friend, you, you've got to, you, you can't help but speak it out. You can't help but, but talk about it. You can't help but let somebody know about it. It's going to reflect what you think about God. You know, if you're always saying, well, I don't know if God can, you've got a very limited vision of what he can do. Or maybe you just don't know who it is you serve. But let me tell you today, Bartimaeus how he, you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Maybe somebody one day dropped a coin in his little cup and said, hey, uh, have you heard of Jesus? Well, no, I hadn't heard of this. Who's Jesus? Well, I was just down the road in the next town and there was a blind guy and he opened his eyes. What you kidding me? I'm telling you, man, I was there. I saw it. This dude's blind as a bat. Next thing I know, he's running down the road shouting and dancing and, and hollering and looking at all the things and he can see. Really? Uh, you know, yeah, what was his name again? His name was Jesus. And maybe a guy walked off and Bartimaeus says, wow, that could be me. If this is true, that could be me. Oh, I wish Jesus would come this way. Oh, I wish I would run into Jesus. There's a lot of people thinking, wow, I wish I could find an answer for my problem and, and I wish Jesus would come walking down my road. Well, let me tell you, you're in the right place today. Yeah, let me tell you, the church house is the place where excuses come to die. Because where there's two or more gathered in his name, he's there in the midst. And when he's in the midst, there ain't no excuse for not leaving here better. There ain't no excuse not leaving here filled with faith and courage and strength and peace and, and just knowing that God's going to take care of my situation. So one day there's a, a ruckus coming down the road and Bartimaeus, what's happening? Oh, that... Uh, there's some guy named Jesus of Nazareth that's coming down the road. Man, it's just like lighting that firecracker on the 4th of July. He's jumping up. She, oh, I don't want to scream because, number one, I want to blow your ears out, but I want my voice gone. But Jesus, thou son of David. Just imagine, just, you, you just think, when, because it's not just because Jesus is coming. Bartimaeus has got a vision. He's got a vision that, it, just like it says, it describes, he, he's mentally contemplating with joy and pleasure what it would be like to have his sight. And so the more he begins to think about that, and he begins to think about the stories he's heard about Jesus healing the sick and opening blinded eyes and raising the dead, he begins to cry out. And they're like, hey, you got to be quiet. It's hard to shut up somebody who's got a vision of what God can do. But his voice Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And he just kept crying out, crying out till it was his voice that stopped Jesus and made him stand still. As he began to cry out, he began to just let it go. It says, and Jesus stood still and said, what do you want me to do? And this blind man said that I, he said, Lord, first, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He spoke with his voice the vision of what God could do. He 
You're the healer. I've heard of you. I've never seen you. I've never witnessed it personally, but I believe it. I believe you are the blinded eye fixer. I believe you can walk on water and raise the dead. I believe, God, you can give peace and you can heal any disease that's going on. I just believe it, and I'm telling you, you're the Lord. That's the vision I have of you, and I believe I would like to receive my sight. And he said, you go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Immediately he received his sight. His voice projected his vision, and that vision brought him his victory. Friend, it is faith that we express every time we get together. When we come into this house, it's got to be more than just singing songs into the air, but it ought to be our voice reflecting our vision of the God that we serve. He was in a dark place. And you feel like, man, I'm in the darkest place I've ever been in my life. That's all right. Because God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And God works good in the darkness. While Lazarus was in the dark, his voice broke through and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walked out of that tomb. Don't worry about what's going on in the dark. Bartimaeus could not see, but he could speak. And maybe you can't see how God's going to work this out. And maybe you can't see how you're going to get out of the mess you've made. And maybe you can't see how God could love you the way you are. But I'm telling you today, if you would just open up your mouth and let your heart, let that vision out. If you would start speaking about what you really believe about God. I think it was good maybe that Bartimaeus couldn't see. He didn't have any kind of preconceived notions. And if we would just not worry about so much about what's going on around us. He told Peter, he said, you can walk on water as long as you don't get focused on the waves. And friend, you can walk out of your mess as long as you don't get focused on the mess. Listen to the voice. Uh, speak with your voice. Use your voice. In, uh, the Bible tells us that in our mouth, in this tongue, is the power of death and the power of life. Friend, you can start speaking some things to life and you can start speaking some things to death. Many times we say, speak life, speak life. Sometimes you need to speak death. Sin, get out of my life. Kill it. You know, depression, get out of my life. Anxiety and stress, get out of my life. I serve the God of all comfort. I serve the Prince of Peace. I serve the resurrection and the life. I serve the healer of all my diseases. I serve the one true living God. There ain't nothing can take authority over him. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And him alone do I serve. The Bible says whoever I yield to, that's whose servant I am. I yield to God, so I serve the Lord. And nothing else going on is going to take the place of that. But we've got to start speaking what we believe. It's, oh, boy, I just love Jesus so much. He's so good. And it's true. But now everything's just back and forth and flipping and flopping and breaking. And you're like, just run around, just, ah! That's not even a joyful noise to the Lord. In the scripture, it said there are people, they, they, they sail ships and they get off in the sea. 
and they get in these storms and it raises them up to heaven and then back down to the depths and they're reeling to and fro and you know they're, they're doing everything they can to save the ship and finally it says they are at their wit's end. I don't know what to do. I'll tell you what they didn't do. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. But it says, you want to know what, they, what it says they did? Then they called on me. They used their voice to cry out to me. They used their voice to cry out to the Lord. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord made the heavens and the earth. I know I serve the creator. And they begin to call out to the one that could calm the waves. And, said, and then he just speaks and the waves get calm and oh, they're so glad for the peace that is there now. Oh, but there's too many people that just say, I'm just going to go down with the ship. They clam up, they ball up, they freeze up, they give up instead of lifting up. Man, you need to come on somebody. It ain't time to give up, but it's time to lift up the name of Jesus. It's time to realize that, hey, uh, I've got a voice. And with that voice, I'm going to project my vision. And that vision's going to bring me victory. Oh, I believe sometimes if we could just be like that woman that had an issue of blood. 12 years she suffered. She said, I spent all my money. All the doctors couldn't help me. Now I'm broke. But it says, she said within herself. That's, that's that mental perception. If I may but touch the hem of his garment. I'm so sick and weak right now. This affirmity makes people stay away from me so they don't become unclean. And, and I, I don't even have companionship right now because people can't be around me because of my sickness. And I'm in a really bad state and, and I'm just getting worse and I know that I'm going to die. But if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. And she pressed her, her voice. Uh, she had a vision. Uh, she was with joy thinking about, oh, to just feel good again, to be better again, to have peace again, to have life again. And she touched him and immediately it says, virtue went out from him. He didn't have to say nothing. Her voice and her vision brought her victory. When she touched him, <laughs> Immediately, the issue of her blood was, was gone and she was healed and she was made better. Any blood that she was short, God put it back. She had an issue of blood. Blood was issuing from her body. I'm sure her iron was low and her, her platelets were low and she was weak and, and she was just no energy. But any blood that had been lost was replaced. He didn't just dry it up and say, well, maybe you'll make it back home. He, he fixed her. God will fix what's going on with you. What I'm trying to see uh, for us to do as God's people is to start using our voice in a way that reflects our vision of him. We've got to quit talking about everything that's wrong and start talking about the things that are right. Hello, somebody. Oh, come on, talk to me. You can spend all day long talking about uh, everything that's wrong and woe is me and woe is that, but all you could just say, but I've got a God that can fix it. Uh, do you know who you serve today? Because if you know who you serve, you know you got an answer. Come on, somebody. If you know, oh, the doctor said this, but I serve the healer. Well, I've, I've, I've got an addiction. I'm, I'm in these chains. I know the deliverer. He's in this book. 
Oh, I've got sin in my life. I know the one who forgives all our iniquity and all our sin and the blood of Jesus shall wash us from all of our sin. Friend, I'm telling you, every answer is in this book. If you know who you serve, you always got something. That's why the Bible says, be ready always to give an answer. I'm ready always to give an answer. I don't like trouble and I don't like trials and I don't like hurting and I don't like uh, depression and I don't like discouragement. I don't like any of those negative things, but they come. And I can either, you know what? Our problem is that we embrace it instead of rebuking it. Tell it to hit the road. Get out of here. Depression ain't from the Lord. Put it under your feet. Anxiety ain't from the Lord. Put it under your feet. Get behind me. Get behind me. Get behind me. When you know who you serve. If you would read through the scriptures, you would find out in Isaiah 54 and 5 that he's your maker. Who better to take care of you? In Jeremiah 10 and 16 that he's your portion. 2 Peter 3 and 18, he's your savior. 1 Timothy 1 and 1, he's your hope. Hebrews 13 and 6, he is your helper. In Jeremiah 8 and 22, it says he is my physician. Luke 9 and 11, he's my healer. Malachi 3 and 3, he is my refiner and my purifier. John 13 and 13, my Lord and my master. 13 and 15, my example. John 3 and 2, he's my teacher. Psalm 23 and 1, he's my shepherd. John 17 and 12, he's my keeper. Ezekiel 34 and 23, he's my feeder. He's going to take care of you. Isaiah 40 and 11, he's my leader. Psalm 23 and 3, he is my restorer. Oh, if I could just be restored. Well, I know the restorer. I know the restorer. Jeremiah 50 and 6, he is my resting place. John 6 and 55, he is my meat and my drink. 1 Corinthians or 1 Chronicles 5 and 7, he is my Passover. Ephesians 2 and 14, he's my peace. 1 Chronicles 1 and 30, he's my wisdom. He's my righteousness, my sanctification. He is my redemption. And in Colossians 3 and 11, I found out that he is my all in all. He's everything that I need. And I believe in the God that I serve. I don't just believe in the church that I attend. Come on, talk to me. Hey, I love our church. And I believe in our church. But I don't just come here and believe in the power of people. Uh, I believe in him. I have a voice and I have a vision of the God I serve and it has brought me victory time after time after time. My, me and my son were just talking about this the other day. It's just speaking to situations. Sometimes when something comes against you, just speak to it. Speak to it. Just like Jesus spoke to the storm, peace be still. Speak to that, peace be still. Get out of my life. I heard a story, them old saints, boy, they would tell you some stories. And his sister told me, she said, one time she was, uh, they was driving down the road and said, said, man, the enemy was just in that car. Just, she said, he was just in my ear, just telling me how I was going to fail and I was going to lose. And I was gonna. She said, she pulled over on the side of the road and opened up the passenger door and said, get out. 
One lady said, she said I believe this was Sister McCurdy, said, well, the devil was just tormenting her, telling her kids going to be lost, nothing she did mattered, it wasn't going to work, this, that, and other. Said, finally, she went to the front door and she opened up the door and said, devil, get out. And she said, wait a second. She shut the door and she went to the back door. She said, you ain't good enough to go out my front door. <laughs> you said, well, she sounds like she might have been a little. I'll tell you what, she had a vision of the God she served. And she knew that greater was he that was in her than he that was in this world. And she knew that no matter what she was facing, that God was able to work a miracle and God was able to do something. And so she believed, therefore she spoke. And hey, if you think speaking faith is going to make you look sensible, it don't make you look sensible to nobody but the church. And God help us if we're in the church and we think somebody's crazy for speaking faith. Don't be shutting down somebody's cry for help. Bartimaeus was screaming, hey, I'm, hey, hey, I'm sure somebody, hey, hey, Bartimaeus, you got to shut up. I, I, I just like to think Bartimaeus just grabbed him and said, hey, can you see? Well, yeah. And Bartimaeus said, well, I can't. So get out of the way. <laughs> you know, quit trying to shut down my miracle. And look, it ain't all, it, it ain't, the victory ain't in noise and it ain't in shouting alone. It's voice, vision, victory. The victories in that vision you have of God. Your voice will always reflect what you think about God. If you believe he can deliver you, you will always be speaking deliverance. If you believe he can heal you, you'll always be speaking healing. I, I, and, and I don't, I, I don't like to bring up things that would make people sad or anything like that, but, but Sister Sabrina, your husband was such an encouragement to me in his last months because it never mattered. I've said this before. I said it didn't matter. He was sick. He knew he was sick, and he was praying. He was holding on. He was believing God. We all were. And anytime I'd see him, I'd say, hey, brother, how are you doing today? It was never I feel good, I feel bad. It was God is faithful. Yes. Spoke that word of faith every time. He always would just say, God is faithful. It didn't matter if he was sick. It didn't matter if he felt bad. God is faithful. And whatever God's going to do, he's going to do. And he just had that belief and he had that faith. And, and he spoke his vision of God. And it brought him victory. And it, it brought him victory. I have no doubts in my mind that uh, he heard the Lord say, well done. Good and faithful servant. Uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe he... All got there, and you know, we always talk about St. Peter being at the gate. I don't know if that's true or not, but hey, you, you're Paul Vaughn. I'm sure Paul's first words were, God's faithful. <laughs> yeah, he is. Come on in. Come on in the gate. Listen, we've got to have faith in God. And the thing is, is we have that faith. God gave it to us. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13 says, we having the same spirit of faith, we walk by faith, not by sight. According as it is written, I believed and therefore, or for this reason, I have spoken. Now we also believe and therefore we speak. There's too many silent believers. There's too many, we're acting like a bunch of mimes. 
like it's all just in our action. But God gave you a mouth. He gave you a voice. He let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He gave you a voice so you could use it. He gave you a voice so you could so you could speak to things. He gave you a voice so you could speak for things, against things. So you could, how are we going to preach the gospel with our mouth wired shut? How are you going to testify with your mouth wired shut? Well, we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, but also by the word of our testimony. You ain't got no testimony if you don't believe God can do something because he's not going to do it. He's not going to force you to, to be healed. He's not going to force you to have victory. But oh, when you say, you know what? God called me and he washed me and he saved me. He filled me with his spirit. And I know he's not just going to give me up to be a, a kickball for the enemy in this world. I've got victory in this life. I've got trials and I've got tests but I've got a voice that reflects my vision and that vision is going to bring me victory. I know what I see. I see uh, in my mind what it's going to be like when this is over. That's why so many times during worship we'll say, try to picture and worship God like it's already done. We're trying to get you there. That's why the woman with the issue of blood got her healing. She was already there. She had a vision of what it was like to be healed. That's why Bartimaeus got his uh, victory because he was already there in his mind. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be healed. I, oh, I'm going to be able to see. I'll be able to see my parents. I'll be able to see my loved ones. I'll be able to see what the sky looks like. I, I'll be able to see what all these people are talking about. He was already there. And we're not just trying to hype you up. We're trying to get you in your mind. Look, go ahead and access this vision that you should have of God that he's going to do it. Even Jesus didn't go to the cross without a vision of what was beyond it. For the joy that was set before him, the joy came on the other side. There'll be some trouble between you and your victory, but the victory's there. His victory was on the other side of Calvary. It was on the other side of that cross. And he knew that. He knew that it was a terrible cup. And woo, if, it's, if I could do without it, not if you want the joy, you can't, Jesus. And that's why he said, so if this cup don't pass except I drink it, your will be done. Sometimes you're just going to have to drink that cup. That don't mean it's over. Jesus drank the cup and he come out of the grave three days later. Go ahead and drink the cup. You're going to come out victorious if you can just trust God. This is not a time to shut up. This is a time to lift your voice. Come on. I know. No, I, now I know now the Bible says, you know, Ecclesiastes 3 and 7 tells me there's a time to be silent. But there's a time to speak. And too many people are comfortable being quiet. And God's people are too comfortable just being quiet. We, we've, we've fallen into this false thing of, uh, oh, we got to just be quiet and, and reverent and be like little church mouse and just be little, little mousy people. Man, every victory you read about has got noise in it. Talk to, talk to Joshua marching around Jericho. There was a time to be silent and then there was a time to shout. And when they lifted up that shout, the walls come Come down. You know, there's a times 
Yeah, sometimes to be silent so you can take in what's going on and then speak against it or speak for it. If you always run your mouth, you can't hear. And if you can't hear, it's hard to have faith. So there's a time when you need to listen, but then speak. Let what you hear give you faith. Let these testimonies give you faith. Let these stories that you hear, let the preaching that you hear build your faith. And then you speak that faith. What are you saying today? Romans 8 and 31, Paul asked the question, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? But what are you saying to these things? Will you speak what you believe? Are you saying, well, I'm a failure? Are you saying it won't work? I can't do it. I won't make it. It's all over. It's the end. Or are you saying with this problem attached to your life that God is faithful? While he was blind, Bartimaeus said, Lord, that I might receive. You got to believe that in your problem, you're still able to receive something from God. You can't think your problem is so bad that you're not going to be able to receive something from the Lord. It's never so bad that the supply chain of God is cut off. COVID did not mess up God's supply chain. It might have got UPS and and the post office and everybody else, but, but it ain't messed with God's delivery system. God is still providing. Uh, He's still providing all of our needs according to his riches in glory. What are you speaking today? You can come to the music, darling. When David faced Goliath, he didn't come tight-lipped and He wasn't mean mugging and just not saying nothing. David comes speaking. You come to me with all your weapons, spear and shield and sword. You come to me what you got, Goliath, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And David left victorious. David's voice reflected his vision of God. And David was victorious on the battlefield. Voice, vision, victory. It works every time. You know, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego walked out of that fire because they told the king, we are not careful to answer you in this. God will deliver us from your hand. So, Their voice reflected their vision of the God they served. And they walked around in the fire victorious, not worried about anything, walking around with the Savior, walking around with the fourth man in the fire. And they came out and the king promoted them. Voice, vision, victory. Stand with me. Psalm 47 and 1 said, Oh, clap your hands, all your people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God 
with a voice of triumph. I don't think this fight's over yet. You, you still got the victory. And that's what he's saying here. He says, you need to go ahead and shout like a winner. You need to go ahead and lift your voice like you're victorious because you are. You're blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled, washed in His name. You're His child. You've already got victory. But you've got to let your voice reflect your vision and let that voice and vision bring you some victory. Oh, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Oh, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And then Psalm 150 and 6 said, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Over and over, great men in scripture that we look at, we think, wow, they, they, these men were so great. Yeah, and they used their voice and that's how they got victory. Well, I want to be like David. Then open your mouth. I want to slay giants. It wasn't David's sling stone that, that won that battle. It was his voice saying, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He knew who he served. When Paul and Silas I tell you, when you get vision, it'll help you look past where you are presently. Paul and Silas, bruised and bloody and beaten, stripes on their back, chains on their hands, chains on their feet, prison bars, prison door, darkest, deepest part of the prison. Everything that they could see told them, you won't get out of here. But their vision reflected by their voice because it said they began to pray and sing praises to God. Because where they were did not affect the vision of the God they served. And as they lifted their voice in prayer and in praise, an earthquake shook the prison. The door flies open, the chains fell off. And what was going on immediately changed what they didn't let where they were affect what they know you can't let what you're going through right now affect what you know about God this might be the worst trial you've ever been in but God's still faithful this might be the hardest place you've ever been but God is still faithful let your voice reflect your vision let your voice reflect your vision and I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know everybody's situations. But what I do know that works is this. Is that when you begin to praise, the Bible says in the book of Psalm, that God ordained praise out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Praise, a sound voice. He said he ordained praise so he could quiet the avenger. So he could steal the enemy. 
You got to get past the idea that praising God and lifting your voice to God is all about hype and things like that and realize it's a weapon that God gave you for victory because it reflects what you think about God. And so while they begin to play, I want to open this altar up, but I'm going to challenge you to come down here with your voice. Don't walk down here and ask God to read your mind. Oh, God, you know what's in my heart. Well, the Bible says if it's in there and your heart's full, it ought to be coming out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I'm challenging you today to walk into this altar and lift your voice to God in praise and worship. If you need healing, just come praising Him as the healer. If you need deliverance, praise Him as the deliverer. If you need salvation, praise Him as your Savior. Whatever it is, won't you come and begin to praise God in these altars and lift your voice in these altars and realize that your voice, your vision, it's going to bring you victory. It's going to bring you victory today.